This morning on my walk, I was thinking about the two cat- categories, classifications of muscles. So your um, stabilizing muscles and your action muscles. Stabilizing muscles are often called slow twitch and action muscles are often called fast twitch. So your stabilizing muscles are generally small, spanning only one joint and their physiology, their biochemistry is such that their special specialization is to be able to be constantly on, constantly at work, but at a medium level of work, not no work at all, but not maximum effort, constantly in that zone pretty much the whole time without fatiguing. And they are, they're all over your body, they're not just in your core, uh, they're everywhere. They are the ones which hold you upright in space when you're not doing an action or even when you are doing an action. They hold you upright in space the whole time and they hold you in that alignment that is the most ideal where you're creating your intra-abdominal pressure, where your joints are centrated, where you're stable And your action muscles are the ones that do the big powerful movements and their physiology and biochemistry is such that they're capable of a much stronger, more powerful contraction, but they fatigue more easily. And they are generally larger and they don't always, but often do span more than one joint. And so they're the famous ones. They're your your deltoids, your glutes, your quads, your hamstrings, your calf muscles. The ones that most people talk about are generally those larger action muscles. And the two are interdependent. The action muscles cannot work effectively if the stabilizing muscles are not working effectively because the stabilizing muscles create this stable structure, this baseline from which the action muscles can efficiently do their movement. It's like a, an anchor for them. It's a, it's a base, they need it. And when the stabilizing muscles are not functioning properly, they've gone to sleep and then they're just weak, they're not doing their job, then the action muscles take over some of their job. They try to do the job of stabilizing the torso in particular and the spine in particular. And when that happens, your action muscles are not fully available for doing actions because they're doing two jobs at once. And that is the trouble with a lot of us in the modern world is our stabilizing muscles have gone to sleep and aren't working properly. And there are a multitude of reasons for this. Some of the reasons stem from early childhood. In early childhood, it's essential to go through a certain sequence of learning to develop muscle coordination. It starts from birth and it involves the baby 
finding the pressure points and the, the, the contact with the floor. The floor is essential. It can't be a bed, a soft surface for the baby to do this effectively because it needs to feel its weight against a surface that is rigid enough to actually push into so that it can feel the pushing into and feel what's happening in its body. And bit by bit, following that sequence of development, which is the same in all children in all parts of the world, and more or less at the same rate, and it's documented very eruditely in many different books, if that sequence is interfered with, then the stabilizing system won't develop fully or properly or completely as it should. It will in part and in part it won't. And this can be interfered with by um, only having children strapped into um, seats like a car seat or a bouncy seat or reclined or propped up against cushions or on a mattress or and never actually having the child on the floor. Or it can be created by having the child on the floor but only ever on its back and never on its stomach so it only learns half the sequence or part of the sequence. Or it can be interfered with by prematurely sitting up the baby when it hasn't yet got the stabilizing structures in place to allow it to sit up in an aligned position. So it will still sit up but it'll sit up in a crumpled, um, not spinally stable position. There's other things like prematurely encouraging children to walk when they haven't developed the feeling in their legs that is required for them to walk. And that's just the first year of life. And then there's things later in life, because obviously that development continues, of um, uh, wearing shoes far too early, which prevent the sensation of the ground into the foot and prevent the foot structure from developing. Um, sitting at desks, sitting in chairs for, for far too long, staying still for far too long. And then later in life, even if you have developed an optimal um, stabilizing structure, you might go and do a job for 20 years where you're doing the same repetitive action or or in the same um, rest position for many, many hours of the day and that can interfere with it and cause those muscles to go to sleep. Or it could be due to an injury. Um, if you've been perfectly fine and then you've had an injury, in, during your recovery you may not rebuild those muscles if they previously existed so that capacity to stabilize ourselves is still present in everyone. None of those muscles have disappeared and none of the neural connections to them have disappeared, but they may need rewiring and reconnecting. And if they have gone to sleep, then that person will have a sensation that standing is effortful and sitting is effortful, holding the torso upright is effortful and that things don't flow, movements don't flow and movements are stiff and movements aren't as powerful as they could be and it's difficult to learn new motor patterns, it's difficult to improve in a sport or in a, a physical skill. So those are the two kinds of muscles. I'm not going to go into all the stuff that you can do about it, although um, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, if you can find a practitioner or any resources on that, is um, an amazing thing. And that's exactly the path that I've been 
um, having is I'm <laughs> I didn't have my stabilizing muscles working properly, and um, I'm on the road to recovering them through DNS which I'm doing very intensively and has had amazing results, and through Feldenkrais, which allows you, because it teaches you to be um, super aware of your sensations, because how do you know when you're recovering? How do you know if your muscles have gone to sleep, your stabilizing muscles have gone to sleep? How do you know when you are reactivating them? Because it's an unconscious thing. It can't be seen. It's not visible in a movement. It is visible as a with someone with trained eyes can see a person who's standing up straight because they're rigid and they're using their external muscles versus someone who's standing up straight naturally but it's a hard thing to see and understand and know somatically know in yourself if you don't know what you're looking for so the beauty of Feldenkrais is it teaches you to look for those sensations and to become better and better distinguishing those sensations because you'll only know if you're improving um, when you feel a certain sensation and so DNS or Feldenkrais will put you into a certain position and you'll be doing a certain movement and you'll have an inner sensation which you cannot describe in words but it's a feeling of ah yes that feels right and it, at first it'll be just tiny little glimpses of that feeling and you could easily miss it and so you really the only way to progress is to succeed in actually catching those glimpses noticing them recognizing them and that takes time and it takes practice and Feldenkrais with DNS would probably be the ideal combination for establishing that so that's my little spiel for today and talk to you soon Bye.